0: Alrighty, we'll go ahead and get started this morning. I just want to welcome everybody to the Western Church of Christ. We thank you so much for joining us this morning. Um, Welcome back. If you remember, it's good to see everybody. Uh, If you're a visitor, we thank you so much for uh, joining us and uh, everybody watching online. Just thank you. Thank you for being with us this morning. Uh, Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. What a special day. I always make the joke every year about how Mother's Day always falls on a Sunday also, but... Uh, we'll, we'll skip that joke this year. So attendance cards, um, same as usual, right there in front of you, there's one side for visitors and then another side for the normal uh, attending, so go ahead and fill that out, and then we'll have the young guys come around in a little bit. Uh, with it being Mother's Day, there isn't going to be any kind of evening activities today, uh, so go home, have a good lunch, have a good evening, uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Um, let's see senior Sunday so senior Sunday is next Sunday we're a week out from it Um, if you haven't noticed out there in the foyer go check it out afterwards we've got six seniors this year Um, you'll find on the inside of your bulletin there's a little little snippet of it so our seniors are Tori Dean, JD Diller, Blair Soup, Logan Glass, Ethan Stone and Nathan Turner Um, all six of them have a table set out front uh, what you'll see on the table is there's a Bible and some highlighters and a pen. Uh, we want for you all to go in, highlight your favorite verse, leave a little note for the seniors, and uh, then they'll, they'll get to take those, and that'll be a, a cool little keepsake for them to have and use. Um, also, next Sunday, with it being Senior Sunday, we're going to have a special presentation during the service, but then directly following the service, there's going to be an all-church luncheon over at the Family Life Center, so we hope that you'll join us for that. Um, I believe that is all that I have, and so I'm going to ask you uh, to stand with me. We'll, we'll say a prayer, and then we'll get the worship service started. Um, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for this morning and this opportunity that we have once again to come and praise you and, and learn about you and spend time with our brothers and sisters Lord, we pray that you'd be glorified through our service this morning, and we just want to know you more. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
1: I'm satisfied with
2: just
3: prayer this morning, I'd like to read this short but powerful passage from Solomon's Proverbs chapter 31, verse 12, starting in verse 12 and 13. I will extend peace to her like a river, for this is what the Lord says. I will extend peace to her like a river, and the wealth of nations like a flooding stream. You will nurse, and be carried on her arm, and be dandled on her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you, and you will be comforted over Jerusalem." Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we first want to thank you for your love and your grace for sending your son to die a cruel death so so that the world may have hope of eternal life. We want to thank you for this church, for this family of believers, and for the body of believers and leaders for generations before us who have looked to you for guidance and wisdom and maintaining a place of worship at this location through so many difficulties in our nation's history. We thank you for the avenue of prayer, which takes us humbly to your throne. Heavenly Father, you know what's in our hearts and it's our desire to seek what is in your heart by looking into your holy word, your true, correct, and inspired word. At this time, Heavenly Father, we humbly ask that you hear our petitions and our concerns for the following families that that need your care. For Jenna Thornton, the granddaughter-in-law of Jean Rutherford, who's battling a recurrence of cancer, and for her husband, Drake, and their children. For Jenny Price and the physical and medical issues she's experiencing. For Lonnie Stafford as she begins dialysis treatments. For Bud and Charlotte Collier's nephew, Michael Sherritt, who has a very aggressive cancer that keeps him in constant pain, we ask that you give him strength and courage and Wrap your arms around his family and provide the doctors with a portion of your wisdom, knowing that you are the great physician. Pray for Daryl Denman and Jackie Denman, the brother-in-law and sister-in-law of Shirley Denman, who are battling various types of cancer. Pray that your care will be upon them and that family. Pray for Wayne Lewis, the brother of... Bill Allen, who will have major ankle surgery in Beaumont this week. For Donna Christian, friend of Stephanie Beard, who's having major difficulties. For the Chandler and Cook families and loss of Jean's sister, Nellie Thomas. Heavenly Father, we we ask your comfort and care for these families as only you can. May they feel your presence during these difficult days. Heavenly Father, we live in a world of sin and darkness where there's evil, hatred, and violence, moral decay. May we be a light in the darkness that surrounds us. And may you extend your mighty power to heal this world blessing our homes and giving godly mothers and fathers the wisdom they need <clears throat> to provide godly children that will be our hope of changing this world back to a society that puts their trust in you today we recognize our mothers and unique and crucial guidance care and support, and unconditional love they provide. May the world be blessed with the future of godly mothers who look to you for strength and guidance. Heavenly Father, as leaders in this body, we pray that you would shield us from those things that would bring division and discord and shower us with those things that would create unity and a greater love and respect for one another. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for all the servants at this place, for our teachers, our staff, our deacons, those who serve on various committees, those who work behind the scenes to make sure that your work moves forward. I'm thankful for the elders, for those elders who have served for many years, tirelessly, we're thankful for their willingness to serve and their ability to serve. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would be with us this morning as we continue with our worship to you. Be with Bill this morning as he brings another lesson from your word. Forgive us when we fail you. We pray through Christ. Amen.
1: To Help us prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper. This morning we'll sing How Deep the Father's Love. Begin with the ladies. How deep the Father's Love for
2: us.
4: received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Oftentimes when we look at translations of the Bible we will see some horrible post on Facebook that says this version of the Bible removed this passage. Or this version says this horrible thing different. And so many people blindly agree because it fits their narrative of scripture and pass that along. Not really understanding what was originally meant to be said from the beginning. I can tell you that after three years of Greek, I only know enough to be horrible. And yet, there are things in linguistics that teach us, oftentimes our perspective is influenced, not necessarily by truth, but by our surroundings. Verse 24 in the modern translations is actually a much more accurate verse than what it used to be. Paul says, through the words of Christ, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Some of the earlier versions... Take what Paul says before and inserts it there, which is, this is my body which is broken for you. But we know that no bone in Christ's body was broken. The bread is broken, but Christ's body was whole. It was complete. Scripture tells us that Jesus' body was intended to be what sustained us. What, what carried us, which is why that analogy of bread was given to the disciples. This will be the sustaining thing that will carry you, that will, that will follow you through. Paul said in Galatians, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live because it's not me anymore. It's Christ that lives in me. In the life that I now live in this body, in my flesh, I live through my faith in Jesus Christ. Who loved me and gave himself willingly for me. This is what the bread symbolizes. This is what we, we take part in each week. It is the power by which we obey the will of God. The word of God to love one another. To forgive one another to be tender and merciful, to be kind and courteous, all things that under our own power we would probably not be all that good at. To not return evil for evil, but instead to take a very countercultural approach and to pray for those who do us wrong. His life enables us to be what all along God asked us to be. We live by the means of Jesus Christ. So, as we take this bread, let's remember the life that was lived, the body that carried and sustained Christ, and the body that was given for us. May you pray with me? Heavenly Father God, we are thankful for the words of your Son that his body was given for us as a perfect sacrifice. And that each week when we gather here, at this church and at other churches around the world, we remember that sacrifice. We focus on the life of Jesus. Lord, we pray that that is our mission every time we gather together. That we are encouraged by it, that we are uplifted by it, but that we are continually reminded that this sacrifice was necessary because we, we have, as mankind, have broken that covenant and we needed someone, we needed something on our behalf. And that was and continues to be Jesus. So, Lord, we thank you for that willing sacrifice that he gave on our behalf. And as we take this bread now, we remember that body. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. John chapter 12, verse 24. Jesus is talking to those who were listening to his disciples about what was to come in his own life. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And in verse 24, immediately following that statement, Jesus says this, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies... It remains only a single seed, but if it dies, it produces many seeds. We were talking about parables this morning in uh, the We Connected class, and oftentimes how when Jesus was speaking to people who he assumed to be even moderately mature followers, he wouldn't tell them what they wanted to hear. He would tell them what they needed to process and understand for themselves, Through parables, through stories, through forced understanding. Master, what do you mean? Figure it out. He never said that. It was implied in statements like this. It's time for me to be glorified. If I continue to live, it will just be one single death, it remains a single seed. But if this seed dies, if this kernel that Jesus is talking about dies, it produces many seeds. Throughout the Old Testament and to all of the Jewish people, blood symbolized a covenant, a promise that was made. It was the idea that one life was ending in order for another life to continue on the old where we our old lives where we were dependent upon ourselves to accomplish life to accomplish everything on our own to make ourselves right with god on our own to be the center of attention was put to death on the cross as well so we take this cup as jesus did on that night on that evening in the upper room with his disciples, and we're reminded of this. Once we become followers of Jesus Christ, once we become Christians, we no longer own the final rights to our life. The price has been paid for us, and that was the blood of Jesus. So when we take this weekly reminder of that blood, we are proclaiming publicly, To those around us, but also between in this covenant relationship we have between us and the father. That we agree. That a sentence uh, that was carried out because we needed it. That this blood was not meaningless. That it was necessary. And without it, we would have no hope of a future relationship with God. We wouldn't have a hope for it now. It is because of Jesus that we have that conversation with God. It is because of that sacrifice that we have eternity in our future. We believe that the Christian life is a continual experience of putting to death our old life and taking the life that is offered to us through Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father God, we are... We are reminded when we think about the idea of a sacrifice. When we think about the, the perfect, unblemished sacrifices that were required in the Old Testament for your people. The symbolism is not lost on us. When we understand the perfect, unblemished sacrifice that Jesus had to be on our behalf. We don't understand how we could ever be worthy of that other than your love for us is boundless, has no limits. And even this morning, Father, we know that no matter how far away we may feel from you, that you are ever-present and that you simply desire for us to come back much like the father with the prodigal son. So, Lord, we pray that we take that gift, the gift of your son, the life that he laid down on our behalf. It's in his holy name that we pray. Amen. Often heard uh, at this point in this moment growing up this phrase. As a matter of convenience, since we're already here, and we got some guys up here that can um, pass another tray. And for me, it always downplayed the, the significance of what was about to happen. It was almost like, well, since we're here, but I had a, an elder once who expressed what we refer to as a contribution to the church in a different way that has forever changed my view of it. He said this, this thing that we've been loaned from God, when we have opportunities to give it back, it's an opportunity for an act of worship, for an act of trust and of faith. And I think about the timing that we place on this and the point in our gathering when we do it. And for me, I choose to look at it not as convenient but as purposeful because we have just talked about and reminded ourselves in our own way of what was given on our behalf. And all of a sudden, it makes what we are able to give back seem so insignificant. And yet... It is an act of worship on our part when we return back to God for the work for his kingdom, what we can. So maybe there are days when you you think to yourself, it is just convenience. But I would argue that it is yet another opportunity, not just for submission to that covenant that we agreed to, but as an outpouring of our own heart back to a father who loves us beyond compare. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are grateful for this opportunity again to remind ourselves that we are not on a level playing field with you, that you are Lord, you are sovereign, you are holy, and God we are in awe that you even desire to know us, and yet you know every hair on our head as intimately as possible. God, we are thankful for all the things that you have given us, whether they feel small or big. And God, we take this opportunity right now to share that with others through the church, to give back What may seem insignificant, but even as the widow gave just a mite of what she had, it was so much because of her reliance on you through that gift of what she had. So we thank you for this opportunity. We do not take it lightly. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It is Mother's Day as these men pass these plates, it was only appropriate that today we chose to highlight a specific ministry that was started here a couple of years ago. And so I want to turn that over to Tucker and let him share with you about our widow's date night.
0: And with it being Mother's Day in mind, I'm going to say something I forgot to announce during the announcements, even though it was great big bold in my notes, is on your way out, there will be Mother's Day gifts for all the ladies here at West Erwin. So grab you one of those gifts. Um, for the widow's date night that we had here, this is the second year in a row that we've done this. Um, it was a wonderful, wonderful night. So how this works is we make some calls around to to some very special ladies here at West Sterwin, and then we get a group of our young guys. Um, We got a bunch of youth groupers all the way down into the elementary, and then we've also got some of our adult men, too, who they get a date. They get partnered up with a date, maybe one or two, maybe even three. And uh, they go, they buy flowers, a teddy bear. You can see the flowers right there that Jackson got. Um, and they take them to their dates, and then they give them a ride to, we went to 12 this year is the restaurant that we went to. So we all met up there, had a wonderful, wonderful evening, eating together, fellowshipping, having wonderful conversations. And uh, I'll tell you about probably my favorite game that we played, is uh, there were rolls of toilet paper that we passed around. And the deal was, without giving them any kind of context, we told the ladies to get however much toilet paper they use um, and so of course we've got a couple that get just two or three little sheets and fold it up real nice and gently and then across the room you got other ones that are unrolling half the roll and got it going and what that was is however many sheets of toilet paper you got that's how many fun facts you had to tell your date and uh... so some were there for much longer than others um, but that was awesome so they told us, told us some fun facts about Themselves and their life, and uh, then some of the young guys told it back and so it was just such such a blessing. We do it for for these ladies, but truly um, as as blessed as these ladies are by the evening, we young guys are just as blessed. This gives uh, a lot of our young guys such a great opportunity to experience what it's like to go on a date to go and buy flowers and pick them up and and treat these ladies with the utmost respect and so just want to thank the Monahan family so much for organizing it once again and a number of different people that that chipped in to make sure that it happened. Um, One thing, some exciting news that I want to leave you with is last year for our first one, uh, we had a high school guy who was so excited to go on his first date, even if it was with a uh, a lady in her mid-80s. And um, we were worried, though. He had such a great time and we were worried, is he going to get a second date? well Nathan got a second date we did it a year later and he was back and uh, so thank you so much again for everybody who who helped out with this and uh, we can't wait for next year
1: time for the children's uh, for the children to go to the blast class so if you would uh, also be passing your attendance cards to an aisle that's closest to you We've got some young men that'll be coming down each aisle to collect these cards for us this morning. Before Bill's message to us this morning, let's all stand and sing, I'll Live in Glory. I'd like to stay here longer than man's allotted days.
5: has been said, Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Our church is incredibly blessed with godly women that are here, that are connected, that are involved in everything we do, every single thing. To those of you who are mothers or grandmothers or great-grandmothers, Happy Mother's Day. To all of our godly women, we want you to know that you are appreciated and are very special to us. All of those that are watching online as well and not able to be here, God has blessed us over and over through each one of you. And that is a, a wonderful, wonderful blessing. I can tell you, I'm not sure exactly what Pat has in the Mother's Day, a gift that you will receive at the end of the service on your way out, but I'm pretty assured that it's not going to be toilet paper. So um, what a fun, fun thing. That, that date night is amazing. The Monahans were uh, the ones that uh, got that started for us. And a couple of them are ill today, and so some of them are at home. Uh, And I appreciate Eric and Tucker uh, taking up and pitching in and uh, giving us a wonderful, wonderful moment during our communion time and also during our uh, ministry highlight time um, today. So, you know, people give cards or flowers or chocolates or whatever they might give for uh, Mother's Day presents And I ran across this list this week, 20 awful Mother's Day cards that you absolutely should not buy and should not send. I don't have all 20 on here, but here are a few. This gray silver card says, I got you this card because it matches your hair. Yikes. Mom, I love you loads. Speaking of loads, can you do my laundry? (laughs) if you're giving your mother or grandmother or wife a card that says obligatory Mother's Day card, it might be okay just to pass it up altogether. I'm just, I'm just saying. You may have carried me for nine months, but you'll always carry me financially. <laughs> <laughs> and then this one, I love you more than dad. So a couple of ways this can be taken, Right? I love you more than dad. It could be saying, I love you more than I love dad, which is great. It could also be saying, um, I, I love you more than dad loves you. Well, that could be problematic uh, when it comes to anniversary time. But... And then this one, well, I guess this Mother's Day card is late. Looks like someone wasn't raised properly. Mom, thanks for always checking up on me. And in case you can't see it, on the cell phone, the notification says, Missed 24 calls from mom. (laughs) You might want to consider answering one of those every now and then. And then this one, I'm awesome. You're welcome. Happy Mother's Day to the luckiest mom. (laughs) Well, it always helps to have a good bit of self-confidence and self-esteem. But not sure I would recommend giving any of those cards. Like all of us, mothers, grandmothers, wives, aunts, sisters, all of our godly women are imperfect. Uh, Proverbs 31 notwithstanding, uh, we're all imperfect, including all of the wonderful godly women that make up our lives and make up this church family. Uh, One of my favorite book titles was from Uh, a book about the Proverbs 31 lady and the book title was The Proverbs 31 Lady and Other Impossible Dreams (laughs) so ladies if you have ever read that Proverbs 31 and been challenged by that and thought I'll never measure up it's okay it's okay Uh, because we know that we're all sinners we know that we all fail in some areas we know that we don't always hit the mark and that's true of all of our wonderful godly women as well And yet, and yet, the Apostle Paul uses a very maternal metaphor to describe his ministry with the Thessalonians. We always think of God as Father, and I appreciate Matt bringing up the Old Testament Scripture where God says, I cared for you like a mother, and Paul says much the same thing. 1 Thessalonians 2, verses 1 through 8. Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians, I'm sorry, chapter 2. You know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know. But with the help of our God, we dared to tell you this gospel in the face of strong opposition. For the appeal we make does not spring er from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, verse 4, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. You know, we never used flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else, even though as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority. Instead, we were like young children among you, or gentle among you, some translate. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. It's an incredibly maternal image, a nursing mother. And Paul says that's how we cared for you to the church of the Thessalonians. The background, of course, of these letters is found in Acts chapter 17 on Paul's mission journey where he and Silas and Timothy ministered to those areas in northern modern-day Greece and Thessalonica and Berea And Philippi, though persecuted in every place, still, Paul says, we provided gentle, loving care for you, like a nursing mother. So let's take a look at what that sounded like for Paul. God's loving care seeks to please God. The first six verses, really, it says that specifically in one verse, but really that's what it's all about seeks to please God. The godly women of our congregation seek to please God. In fact, they are great examples and inspiration for the rest of us of what that looks like lived out every day. Gentle, loving care seeks to please God. So a few things about that. Gentle, loving care gets results. And that's what he reminds them of in chapter 2, verse verse 1. You know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. And they did get results. And you think of your loving mother or loving grandmother or, or a loving friend, uh, uh, an aunt or a sister or someone in the congregation that has impacted your life, you are those results. And that's what Paul is telling the Thessalonians. Our work among you was not without results. They did have a response. And he'll say more about that in just a A little bit. I think one of the things about our godly women here is that they are so very connected and that's why they bring results. I hope you'll notice Eric's column in the bulletin this week because he talks about the importance of being connected and making those connections and being engaged in each other's lives, which is where he ends this passage as we read. But that's a big part of how you get results. That's why Paul and Silas had such great results there in Thessalonica. Because they cared for them and they were involved in their lives. Secondly, God's gentle, loving care that Paul speaks of here... ...shares the gospel and is willing to suffer for it. Verse 2, we had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi... ...as you know, but with the help of our God we dare to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. We know how he was thrown in jail in Philippi, he and Silas, and were beaten and flogged in spite of being Roman citizens, and spent all night and then were released the next morning. We know that when he got to Thessalonica, the Jews hired a bunch of of, uh, 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 a mob, kind of a rental mob, as some scholar has called it, to bring trouble upon Paul and his uh, missionary team there. And then once they left Thessalonica, the Thessalonian Jews followed them to Berea and, and threw them out of that city as well. So everywhere Paul went, this happened in the face of strong opposition. And it certainly happened in Thessalonica. And he reminds them of that. We shared the gospel with you, and we were willing to suffer for it. Verse 3 reminds us that gentle, loving care has true motives. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. Now, I realize that that's not 100% true of moms. Moms have been known at times to uh, accidentally, on purpose, get you to do what you need to do, what is the right thing to do, without actually making it clear how they are manipulating you to do exactly that. <laughs> Our daughters have this wonderful statement uh, for uh, their mom and me. Every once in a while, you know, they'll say, pack your bags. And, uh, and, and it comes usually after something like, you know, they've been with us for a few days, and we'll say something like, so you're leaving already? And that's when they say, pack your bags, you're going on a guilt trip. (laughs) That's the rest of that. (laughs) And that it's it's amazing how naturally that comes for Joyce and me. It's just kind of incredible. But for Paul, he says, look, we didn't have impure motives at all. We were straight up front with you. Verse 4 reminds us that gentle, loving care seeks to please God. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We're not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. How do you know that that's what you're doing? Well, when you're willing to pay a price. When you're willing to go to the point to where you don't please people that you could otherwise please because you know God is calling you to say or to do something else To help them more in the long term perhaps. To be more faithful to God's word in the short term even. Gentle loving care seeks to please God. Verse 5 says gentle loving care doesn't cover up sin with a mask. You know we never used flattery nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. We recently, of course, in this country and around the world in the midst of the pandemic, had to wear masks at times to try to uh, save the, the society from making this horrible experience worse. And Paul says, look, we didn't try to cover anything up. Masks can be used to, to uh, hold something in or to keep something out, or it can be used just to, as a disguise, just to cover something up. And Paul says, we didn't do that. We didn't wear a mask. We displayed to you everything that we are. We were honest. We had integrity. And then finally, verse 6, gentle, loving care doesn't abuse its authority. We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else. Even though as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority. Paul says, as an apostle of Christ, I could have played that card. <laughs> I could have made you respect me. I could have made you be obedient to me. But he says, That's not, that wasn't my intention ever, ever. Instead, I treated you like a nursing mother would a child. I treated you with gentle, loving The last couple of verses emphasize this gentle loving care loves and cares. You say, Bill, that's a good English teacher would never let you get away with that. Well, okay. But sometimes the most obvious things elude us. Gentle loving care is loving and caring. And I think sometimes we need to be reminded of that. 1 Thessalonians 2, verses 7 and 8. Instead, we were like young children or babies or gentle among you. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. One scholar has said the note of maternal affection in verse 7 comes from the heart of Paul. It's amazing that he would use this metaphor, but that's how much he loved and cared for the church of the Thessalonians. And that's what he calls us to be for each other today. It's not the only time that Paul used a more feminine metaphor. In Galatians 4:19 he says, "My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you." And then similar to this one in 1 Thessalonians 2, Ephesians 5:29 says, "After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church." Same word is used there. John Stott writes, It is a, loving, a, a lovely thing that a man as tough and masculine as the Apostle Paul should have used this feminine metaphor. Some Christian leaders become both self-centered and autocratic. The more their authority is challenged, the more they assert it. We all need to cultivate more in our pastoral ministry of the gentleness, love, and self-sacrifice of a caring mother. And I certainly say... Amen to that. You know, Paul, in this passage, one of the incredible things is that just in a couple of verses from here, in verses 11 and 12, he's going to talk about how he ministered to them in Thessalonica as a loving father. (laughs) So it's not that he's trying to appear effeminate as a male, and that's not it at all. And that's what our culture seems to be trying to do, and that's, that's way over the top. That is not in Scripture at all. Scripture affirms maleness, and it affirms a femaleness as well. And so we glory in those things, but as we consider how we relate to one another, there are certain aspects of each of those that can powerfully impact us and make that connection, make that that relationship that much stronger. Paul says, we were like a loving father to you, but he also says, we were like a nursing mother to you and cared for you and loved you. ...in all of the same ways. Just a moment, we'll see a video, a short video... ...and I'd like to introduce it with this uh, statement. Two frightened dogs were surrendered to the Marin Humane Society... ...and that's where this video comes from. Upon examining the female, we learned she recently had puppies. After some detective work and a lot of convincing... ...our team was able to get the person who surrendered the dogs to also surrender the puppies, as they still needed their mama and were not in a safe situation. We captured the moment when sad and scared mom got to see her puppies again. She had been in a corner and unresponsive until this moment. Tears of joy all around at this happy reunion. There
2: she is. You feel better now? That's also of them. That's all for Milk. What a good girl. Look what that way. There
5: I don't think I could ever have words that could communicate the love and the care and the sheer joy that a godly woman, a godly mother would have for her children. And that's what we just saw. And Paul says, that's what we were for you. And that's what we are called to be for each other. Gentle, loving care loves and cares. Finally today, gentle, loving care shares its life. And that's the last verse that we read, verse 8. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. The song we sang earlier, How Deep the Father's Love, expresses that in one of the most beautiful ways that I've ever heard in my life. As Eric shared around the table that call to let that seed die so that much, much more fruit can come from it. As we see our lives, we recognize that we share our lives being crucified with Christ and letting Christ live in and through us that's what we see in the godly women that have touched us and have made such an impact on our lives and that's what we should see and be for each other gentle loving care shares its life so two things as we close first of all what a blessing to be cared for like this what a blessing to be cared for like this to have someone love and care for us like a, nur- like a nursing mother. To have someone overjoyed with us when we connect with each other. Like that mother dog was for her puppies. What a blessing to be cared for like this. But then you know what the second one is, don't you? What a blessing to care for others like this. It's not just an image that we are to receive But this is how we are to treat one another. This is how we are to treat others with gentle, loving care. In the words of the Apostle Paul, like a nursing mother would care for her babies. What a blessing to care for others like this. This morning, if you need that kind of gentle, loving care, we invite you to bring Christ your broken life, but not just bring Him your broken life. Bring us. Bring us your broken life. And we'll walk through that broken life with you. If we can help you today, come as we stand and sing this great song together.
1: coming to West Irwin, and we want to invite you back at any possible time that you have. Our closing song this morning is, This World Is Not My Home, after the first verse of this will be dismissed. This world is not my home, I just
2: passing crew. My treasures are laid off somewhere beyond the blue.
0: pray Dear Lord you are a dwelling place forever may we bring all praise glory and honor to you and may we rest in you may we find our rest and seek you in all that we do all that we say all that we think let us bring your kingdom here and may you be glorified um, in doing so forgive us of our sins lord and help us to forgive others Increase our faith that we might do so. Please deliver us from evil and uh, let us uh, be instruments of your peace. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.